This Week in Markets, a presentation of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick reporting. We ended the week with double-digit losses in the wheat market, losses for corn and soybeans as well, a mixed go for live cattle futures, feeder cattle lower, lean hogs were mixed as well. Certainly a supply-driven week with the uh, supply-demand numbers out from USDA this past week. Ag Resource Company President Don Rose says the markets rallied earlier in the week with the threat Russia would pull out of the humanitarian grain corridor agreement. But as we hit the uh, end of the week, Friday, it was all unwound the other way. Uh, Petro uh, grains came under some pressure with the uh, crude oil down $3. Fears that the economy is continuing to slow down, dollar moves higher. And uh, now the belief that maybe that export corridor that we have supposed to close with Ukraine uh, November 22nd uh, does stay open uh, just with some minor concessions. So it's really a market that, you know, we trade the supply side on the up and on the demand side slowing, we trade it to the downside. There are meetings scheduled in this upcoming week in Moscow to discuss that shipping corridor agreement. U.S. corn ending stocks at 1.17 billion bushels. That was more than the trade expectations, but lower than the September numbers. Soybean ending stocks at 200 million bushels in line with the previous month, but that was below the trade guesses. USDA lowered the U.S. yield forecast for corn in the report midweek. The corn yield forecast, 171.9 bushels per acre, a decline from 172.5 bushels per acre last month. Traders anticipated the U.S. soybean yield to stay about the same as September, but USDA lowered the number down to 49.8 bushels per acre. That was lower than the average trade guess. With more pieces of that supply puzzle in place, grain traders are shifting their attention to demand. The logistics for moving soybeans beyond the elevator is a concern for Van On and company market analysts, Christy Van On. We know that we have a tight window to get our soybeans out to the market. Most of our, our beans are shipped very soon post-harvest to China. And so, you know, if we're going to push that back and we have a high dollar, you could potentially say, hey, China, if Brazil does get the crop that they have, they have a more favorable exchange rate, they're coming off of harvest, you could eventually see some cancellations, but I don't think that's probably until that March time frame for soybeans. So if we can get things together and start getting it down the river, and, you know, for us, as long as we don't see a rail strike and we can get it to the Pacific Northwest. Commercial shipments on the Mississippi River have been hurt by low water levels. Brugler Marketing President Alan Brugler says the freight rates uh, have been very high. Some of the firms aren't even accepting any new uh, bobbing, that is actual loadouts uh, commitments, out of Mississippi or out of the Gulf because they just don't have the confidence they can get the bushels there. Bagley Livestock Auction co-owner Billy Bouchel says they haven't had many wean calves yet this year. On the new crop calves, uh, it's looking you know quite a bit brighter than last year, of course, but uh, it's still just in the getting established yet. Haven't seen uh, enough volume of them coming to town yet to really establish market trends or anything yet. So it's still a little up in the air, but yeah, definitely we're looking at a lot better prices than what we've seen in the last couple of years. The yearling market uh, off grass, uh, that's actually winding down, and it's been a good year. Thank God in our country we had ample grass and gains were good, and so yeah, it was a real good year for the operators that run yearling. I'm Don Wick, This Week in Markets.
This week in agriculture, we're taking a look at farm news. The U.S. Supreme Court held a hearing regarding California's Proposition 12 this week. This is a ballot measure that bans the sale of pork, eggs, and veal not produced under state production standards. National Pork Producers Council Chief Legal Strategist Michael Formica said Prop 12 would influence production practices throughout the country. Basically, to speak of, there's no pork raised in California. And so if you want to ban practices that your citizens don't understand or know about, um, you want to you describe them incorrectly, you, you want to go, I'll go so far as say lie about what's going on on the farm, it becomes very easy to do in a state like California where it's incredibly expensive to engage when you are backed by some of the richest people in Silicon Valley and you know, the biggest stars in Hollywood. Members of the third largest railroad union voted against ratification of the tentative contract agreement with the Class 1 railroads. Negotiations will resume in hopes of preventing a strike. There's a deadline of mid-November to reach an agreement. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association Executive Vice President Stu Letcher says if a rail strike happens, it would miss the majority of Northern Plains harvest. I mean, I think we could be through the bulk harvest by the time, by the time something were to happen if it does in December. However, a strike would still have some effect on grain movement. Additional complications with rail demand due to the backup of grain barge movement are also expected. You know, I think that could be coming. Right now, it kind of remains to be seen how that's going to be, how it's going to affect our traffic up here. Um, with, you know, barge traffic being slowed down or restricted, I think that definitely will push more grain to the rails. But how it will affect us, I, we haven't seen it yet. But that could be developing in the next few weeks here, too. Despite low water restrictions on barge loads, the U.S. Coast Guard is reporting at least eight groundings of barges this past week. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is dredging the Mississippi River in several locations and placing limits on the number of barges that can be towed. Dozens of barges were stuck near Lake Providence, Louisiana last week that shut down river traffic in both directions. However, that was cleared up last Friday. Water levels on the lower Mississippi River remain low, limiting channel depth and width restrictions. It's causing shipping rates to increase and basis levels to widen along river terminals. According to the Soy Transportation Coalition, shipping a ton of soybeans loaded on barge between St. Paul and St. Louis costs $51.02 per ton the week leading up to September 20th, a 33% increase from the previous year. NDSU Extension Crops marketing economist Frain Olson says there are three important factors to consider in the Russian-Ukraine situation, including how smoothly the process has been to move grain out of the Black Sea since the Istanbul Agreement was put into place. Looking forward, there's a couple things obviously we have to be concerned about. Number one, and over the weekend there were some announcements that there's beginning to be a backlog of inspections at the port of Istanbul, there's a canal of Istanbul. So when, when exiting the Black Sea, there's a canal that connects the Black Sea into the Mediterranean. And that's kind of the choke point. But the uh, Turkish government, to, to, as, as providing some security, said that we will inspect all of the grain and the vessels moving in and out for this, this special treaty that they had allowing Ukrainian grain to go into the global market. There aren't enough inspectors to make sure everything can be fulfilled, causing that backlog. The Istanbul Agreement is also only in place for 120 days. It will need to be extended by mid to late November. 
That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Cold, breezy, and unsettled weather remains in the forecast for the Northern Plains going into the weekend. Here's World Weather Incorporated Senior Ag Meteorologist Drew Lerner. You know, we've had it good for a long time, so sooner or later you got to pay the piper. Uh, but we are moving, uh, at least right now, through a very slow-moving upper-level trough of low pressure. It's kind of an impressive event, and I do believe it is foreshadowing a little bit as to what we will be dealing with a little later in our winter season. But this particular event is going to slowly push through the region. So we'll have this unsettled weather probably staying with us into the weekend. Dry conditions are worsening across the Dakotas and Minnesota. In the last week, the U.S. Drought Monitor shows an expansion of severe and extreme drought in southern Minnesota. In North Dakota, a new patch of severe drought stretches from McLean to Eddy and Foster counties. For South Dakota, extreme drought is popping up in the southwestern portion of the state. The majority of all three states are a mix of color, ranging from abnormally dry to extreme drought, and in the case of South Dakota, exceptional drought. USDA Midwest Climate Hub Director Dennis Toddy is not too concerned about the dry conditions in the Northern Plains just yet. The situation we have, obviously we haven't had much precipitation over the last, you know, 30, 60 days. And then along with that, we've had some very warm temperatures and very dry air. So that has helped uh, to do more evaporation from the surface, much more than we would expect this time of year. So that's adds these worsening drought conditions. Toddy says it's odd to see an increase in the dry conditions this time of the year. Typically, this is a time for widespread low-intensity rainfall events. And snow flurries were falling as St. Thomas, North Dakota farmer Alan Tucker finished up sugar beet harvest. There's 100 acres left to harvest, about 24 to 36 hours left on the clock. Tonnage and sugar content is good so far. So pleasantly surprised, such a difficult start to the growing season. Um, we didn't think, especially with the sugar beets, that uh, they need a longer growing season, or so we thought. But we did have a, a beautiful season, and and uh, with plenty of sunshine and just the right amount of moisture, it would seem. So uh, we got uh, very fortunate with an above-average sugar beet crop, which we were not expecting. And Tucker says the potatoes and dry edible beans finished well earlier this month. Beautiful crops with beautiful quality and uh, and above-average yield. So... Um, just an exciting year for our farm and wheat we can throw wheat in that too um we're just having a, a very good year which was we were really hoping and praying for that because last year was not so good so uh, we needed a recovery year and we got it minnesota corn growers association president richard syverson says soybeans are in the bin in swift county syverson is preparing for corn harvest now and soil type played a big role in how yields turned out you know it, it just uh, as everything, this has been a challenging year, let's just put it that way. And uh, the soybeans varied so much, probably more than any other year I've seen. From the poor soil, uh, where they really suffered uh, for lack of moisture late in the season, to places where we had uh, ample ample moisture from this spring and, and the beans were able to tap into that. Uh, so I had some of the poorest I've raised in many years and, and probably the best a couple fields of soybeans I've ever had 
all in the same year, just depended on the kind of soil they were on and what part of the landscape they were uh, positioned at. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.